We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to discuss the State Superintendent of Public Construction position, the difference between John Cox and Ryan Walters, and why I'm supporting Walters and not Cox, and why either one of them would be miles ahead of Joy Hoffmeister, who has held the position for the last several years and has been absolutely terrible. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Today's topic is education again. Now, those of you who listen to The Rebellion routinely know that this is a go-to topic frequently for me. If you don't know and you're a new listener, my background is education. I served as a college president for 17 years, and prior to that, for... 15 to 20 years, I served as a dean and a vice president in various different roles at various different universities. Education changed my life. I'm obviously a proponent of education. Uh, it, it, it disheartens me that we're now talking in our culture about not sending our kids to college because college does more harm than good. Now, I understand that concern, and in fact, at many points in the debate, I'm leading the charge on that concern. I agree with people like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey or Mike Rowe who are now calling for us to reconsider college education and maybe think about apprenticeships and actual um, technical schools that prepare our young people to actually engage in the workforce more effectively. I think that's a reasonable thing to be talking about right now. But I want you to hear me on this. You are now listening to a blue-collar kid a kid that came up out of a blue-collar family, a family where my dad did not have a high school degree, nor did my mom, a family where my dad was a truck driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She worked odd jobs periodically to help uh, with the income of the family. But by and large, she stayed home. My dad was a very hardworking man. He was not stupid. And I really resent anybody who would imply someone of his background, a blue-collar background, truck driver background, farming, factory background. I resent it when people suggest that folks of that cut of cloth don't have the intelligence to engage in the public debate. That's garbage. That's hogwash. I would like to think that I'm evidence. I'm evidence that, indeed, that's nonsense. So education changed my life. I went to work in a factory immediately after graduating from high school, a good factory. I made very good money. But I recognized through the coaching of another factory worker who happened to have a college education and was working a second job to try to make payroll for his small business, he coached me one night during lunch break on third shift. If I remember correctly, third shift lunch break is something like 3 o'clock in the morning He looked at me and said, why are you working here? Why are you here? Why don't you go to college? As a result of his coaching and a few other things, I decided to wash the grease off in the morning and head up the road 30 miles to the closest Christian liberal arts institution 
enroll in one class and see if I could do it. And the rest is history. God used that decision. He used education. He used a liberal arts education, not a trade school. He used a liberal arts education, a liberal arts college, to change my life. So I believe in this. I think learning to think more broadly, how to communicate, how to write, how to engage in the public square, how to integrate head and heart, fact and faith, belief and behavior, how to be an integrationist rather than a segregationist in the way you think and the way you act and the way you believe and the way you behave. I think these are very important things. And I know that this is the context for the way our founding fathers thought. They were educated men. They were liberally educated. And when I use that word, you know what I'm saying. They were educated in liberty and in freedom. The classical understanding of the liberal arts was a liberating education. It was an education designed to serve as the foundation for a free man, a free culture, a free community, a free country, a free church, for a free people. Thus the word liberal meant liberty. And if we lose that, we're probably going to lose our freedom. So I'm not disparaging education and what I'm going to say in the rest of the program. But I am going to be critical of what's going on right now because the ivory tower has crumbled. It's falling apart. Education, the tower of education, the grand and glorious pinnacle of Western civilization is falling down like the Tower of Babel. Literally, like the Tower of Babel. You've heard me talk about that before. And the analogy of that biblical story and what's going on today in our culture. Not only do we not understand the definition of the tower, the ivory tower, and what it was built for, we don't even know how to define the building blocks, the very materials used to construct the tower in the first place. I mean, my land, there was a time when most universities stood for the following words, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Many universities, secular universities, had those words etched in stone above the entrance of their libraries and other buildings and whatnot. Maybe even the entrance to the campus itself said that. Many universities to this day carry mottos that reflect that mission. But they don't even understand that those words come from Jesus himself. He's the one who uttered those words. While these universities tear down any worldview that honors Jesus Christ as the Son of God, they disparage it. They mock such a worldview. High schools do the same. Junior highs do the same. Elementary schools do the same. We're more interested in indoctrinating our children into LGBTQIA nonsense and nihilism than we are in teaching them the words of Christ. As I've said many times on this show, we want to teach our young men how to use a condom when they're in junior high rather than teach them to obey the Ten Commandments. And then we turn around and we're surprised that we've got a bunch of Matt Lowers and Harvey Weinsteins, a bunch of lechers. Why are we surprised that we have that in our culture? Teach lechery and you're going to get lechers. Garbage in, garbage out. Our schools need to take responsibility for this. So this position that I'm talking about in this show, the superintendent of public instruction position, and the two top candidates, John Cox and Ryan Walters, this is an important position. The person that 
has held this position for the last several years was Joy Hoffmeister. She lied and pretended that she was Republican. She never was. We knew that. Now she's actually shown her true colors and declared herself to be a Democrat so that she can run against Kevin Stitt as for the governor of Oklahoma. And Lord help us if anybody is stupid enough to vote for Joy Hoffmeister in such a competition. Rather, Kevin Stitt or Mark Sherwood gets the Republican nomination, you should bowl over every barrier. You should break down every wall. You should rush through any door to vote for Kevin Stitt or Mark Sherwood for the governor of Oklahoma against Joy Hoffmeister. We will lose our freedom. We will, use our, we will lose our dignity. We will lose anything that Oklahoma resembles as the most conservative of conservative states right now if we have such a person in the gubernatorial office. We do not want Joy Hoffmeister there. She's been terrible as the superintendent of public instruction, and she likewise will carry that same broken worldview, that terrible, self-centered, narcissistic, big government, top-down, arrogant, elitist, hierarchical view of government to the gubernatorial office. She's been awful. Now, either Ryan Walters or John Cox would be a dramatic improvement, and whoever wins in this Republican primary, you need to vote for that person in the general in the general election. But I support Ryan Walters over John Cox. I've commented on this before in earlier programs, but in the rest of the show, I'm going to tell you more about that and why I believe Walters is the right choice. And I'm going to, I'm going to admit, I'm standing against a couple conservatives in my view by saying what I'm going to say on the rest of the show. I'll cover that and more after we take this break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So for the rest of the show, I want to talk about the difference between John Cox and Ryan Walters and why I support one over the other. Now, you know in a previous show I talked about um, why I disagree with an organization that goes by the acronym of ROPE, Restoring Oklahoma Parental Empowerment. Um, this is a group of good people. I agree with them on 99% of the things that they're trying to accomplish. I agree with almost everything they say in their critique of public education. They're very aggressive and very spot on as they tackle the nonsense that's being peddled to your kids in your local public schools. Rope has been at the point of the spear in confronting Common Core. Good for them. I applaud them for doing that. I joined them in doing that. And I said, why would you want to dumb down education to the common and the average rather than reach for the exceptional? Why do you want the federal government, which has screwed up everything, taking control of the curriculum and telling you that you have to teach things that, frankly, are backwards? Terrible ideas, broken ideas, not to mention the very process itself represented in Common Core, which takes the teacher out of the teaching responsibility and makes them focus so much of their attention on administering tests and filling out forms and being compliant with all of the clerical issues of Common Core, not to mention the collection of data on your children that the government has no business collecting. 
I mean, there's there's so much wrong with Common Core, and Rope has been a leader in fighting that effectively. I applaud them. I was on the board of Rope for a short period of time because I believe in what they do. But I disagree with Rope's endorsement of John Cox, and I've said so on this show. The basic reason I disagree with Rope is John Cox has been a Democrat uh, most of his life. Now, I want to issue a correction here. I said on an earlier show that he he flipped parties just um, a few months ago so that he could run for superintendent of public instruction as a Republican rather than a Democrat. I stand corrected there. He didn't flip parties. He didn't change parties just a few months ago. Um, I believe he changed his registration from Democrat to Republican a little over three and a half years ago. But up until that point, John Cox was a Democrat. Now, why do I, why do I take issue with that? In, in today's culture, when you align with a given political party, I assume you know why you're doing that. And if somebody has a PhD, which John Cox does, if somebody has um, given his entire educational career to the public education system, I assume you know what public education is. I assume you know what education in general is because of your degree and your profession. I cannot buy that you didn't understand what your party affiliation meant. How can you not? So when you align with a party that is pro-abortion up until the point of birth, and now they're even arguing for post-birth abortion, and that you can exterminate a human being after it's born if it uh, has certain ailments or certain defects, etc. They're even arguing that right now. I've talked about that on this show. I'm not making that up. That is true, and you've seen some of the legislation in California even reflecting that right now. When you align with a party that says that, I have to ask you, why? Why have you been doing that for decades? When you align with a party that believes in big government rather than small government, I have to ask you, why? Why have you done that? When you align with a party that has been peddling this LGBTQIA, SJW, CRT, BLM, alphabet soup nonsense, when you are marching lockstep with that party and you're in your political affiliation, I have to ask you why you would do that. You can't tell me that you didn't understand what the Democrat Party stands for today. You can't tell me that, well, the party left me. I didn't leave the party. Well, the party left you decades ago. So what took you until just, uh, you know, three years ago, three and a half years ago to change your registration? Why were you still aligning with such a worldview? Now, you may say, well, Ronald Reagan changed his party affiliation. He was a Democrat. And Gene Kirkpatrick, Piper, you, you hold an award that has her name. She changed her worldview. They were both staunch defenders of a conservative, political, religious, ontological, epistemological, theological, political worldview. They're your heroes, right? They were Democrats and, and switched to being Republicans. So why are you... Why are you holding that against John Cox? Well, John Cox didn't do it until just just a few years ago, and it appears that he did it within the time frame that was politically expedient. Now, I've met the guy. He seems like a genuinely nice man. And if he prevails in the primary, oh yeah, I will vote for him in the general. And I respect the fact that Rope has endorsed him. I respect the fact that Eddie Huff, a conservative friend of mine, 
has endorsed him. I respect that, but I disagree with both of those endorsements because of his track record. One of my old mentors that I've quoted before on this show, Dr. David McKenna, who was president of my alma mater, and then president of a couple other institutions of higher education, seminaries and universities. David McKenna was actually on the short list to become Ronald Reagan's Secretary of Education. McKenna is a very bright man, but one of the things he said to me that I will always remember was very simple and very true, and that is this. The best predictor of future behavior is always past behavior. Well, John Cox's past political behavior has been Democrat. He's aligned himself with hierarchical views of government, top-down. Government telling you what to do rather than you telling the government what to do. It's a hierarchical view versus a covenantal view. He's aligned himself with a party that believes that. He's aligned himself with a party that has mocked God at its national convention, booed God literally at its national convention. He's aligned himself with a party that is pushing and promoting drag queen story hours for elementary age children. He's aligned himself with a party that promotes the false identity claims of LGBTQIA. He's aligned himself with a party that browbeat everybody into submission to, lo- to march lockstep with Black Lives Matter, which is a neo-Marxist movement, a communist movement, to tear down the nuclear family and Western civilization. He's aligned himself with a party that believes critical race theory should be taught rather than disparaged. Now, he may say he doesn't believe in any of this, and maybe he doesn't anymore. I don't know. And the reason I don't know is there hasn't been enough time to know. And therefore, when Rope endorses John Cox, or my friend Eddie Huff endorses him, I have to say to Rope and Eddie or anybody else that's listening right now, how do you know? How do you know if his switch of party affiliation actually reflects a heartfelt conversion for conservative, covenantal government philosophy, educational philosophy, versus what the Democrat Party, the party with which he's aligned and registered with for decades, that party actually espouses all of the bad stuff that I've just described rather than the opposite. So that's the reason I have difficulty with John Cox, and I disagree with Rope's endorsement, and I've said so. It doesn't mean that I'm disparaging the people of Rope. It doesn't mean that I'm disparaging or or disrespecting Eddie Huff. It means I disagree. I disagree with standing with John Cox because of the things I've just described versus standing with Ryan Walters. Now, I've met Ryan Walters. And full disclosure here, the reason I met with him is I was being asked to run for this very position myself. People were telling me, you need to run for Secretary of Public Instruction. Your background, Piper, is education. You're an education guy. You, you, you've committed your entire career to education. You're the perfect candidate for this. You're a trusted conservative. You believe in conservative solutions to education. You believe in conserving the time-tested truths of the liberal arts academy, of liberal education, liberating education, education grounded in our constitutional ideals rather than deconstructing everything that our country stands for, tearing it down and then building it back up to look more like the Soviet Union rather than the United States. Piper, you need to run. And I said, no, I don't want to. 
I don't want that position. I don't feel called. It's not something I desire to do. But as the result of having that conversation with other people about the possibility of running myself, I decided to meet with Ryan Walters because I knew that he was he was going to run, and I wanted to get to know him, and I wanted him to understand what my concerns about education were and are. And I'm going to share with you right now some of the things I said to him when I met with him at the Copan truck stop up here, oh, three, four miles away from my house. I told Ryan Walters that there are some key issues that need to be addressed, and that if he doesn't address these things, I can't support him and won't support him. I told him that the blatant racism endemic in critical race theory needs to be confronted. It must be addressed if we have any hope as a country and as a culture. I told him that the sleight of hand of Joy Hoffmeister's social-emotional learning agenda, which is on her official Oklahoma education website, SEL, is nothing but critical race theory disguised as something else. Emotional learning over teaching 2 plus 2 equals 4 that the identity politics that are implicit in the social-emotional learning model is an embarrassment, a waste of time, and a waste of money. And it's deceptive. It, it, it hides a political agenda under, under the guise of pretending that, well, all we're trying to do is make your children socially and emotionally healthy. We're trying to help them learn about themselves. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? I told Ryan Walters that the ontological insanity of LGBTQIA plus needs to stop. And the overt misogyny of trans ideology is insulting to women and will basically negate any progress that we've made through Title IX. That you can't enforce Title IX if you deny the reality of the female. If women aren't real, Title IX means nothing. Zero. Because women are going to lose everything that Title IX gave them. The suffrage movement, the equality movement, the civil rights of women are gone if we buy into the trans ideology. And I've been proven correct in challenging that every day as we listen to the news about men stealing women's sports. Stealing their showers, stealing their scholarships, stealing their their medals, stealing what is a woman's. This is misogynistic. This is hateful toward women. This is not honoring of them. We now won't even use the word women when we're talking about legislation. I mean, the governor of Michigan is saying that we're talking about menstruating people rather than women when she refers to equal rights for females. But she won't even say females. She won't even say women. She says menstruating people now. This is just crazy nonsense. It's asinine. I told Ryan Walters that in addition to these things, he needed to confront the divisive hatred of Black Lives Matter, of dividing people by color of skin rather than uniting people by their character. I told him that he needed to confront the pervasive arrogance of the National Education Association, And that parental authority, local parental authority, is non-negotiable. They're my kids. They're not your kids. They're not the public school's kids. Not the state's kids. I I told him we needed to commit to return to just, just teaching our kids how to read and count and write and how to understand the basics of science, 
biology and physiology, for example. Let's just start there. We can't continue to federalize our curriculum. I told him that. And I also said that we need to start teaching some virtues rather than all these vices. And maybe, maybe, how about this? Just teach that our Constitution is a good thing, not a bad thing, and that our Declaration of Independence is a beautiful document, not the product of white privilege. And how about school choice? Now, here's the thing. Let's just spend a few minutes at the end of the show on school choice. The bottom line is this. Ryan Walters has said that he supports school choice. As I understand it, John Cox does not. And Rope, uh, the organization that I have stood with as a board member, does not support school choice. Now, they'll say, well, we're for school choice. But then you have to you have to look at the devil in the details. Cox and Rope and others I, may say they believe in school choice, but they'll say they don't believe in your tax dollars being used to pay for your school choice. They've stood against that movement, and that movement has failed thus far in Oklahoma, even though we're the reddest of red states with a bunch of Republican senators and representatives down in Oklahoma. We can't get school choice passed, and one of the reasons is we have quote-unquote conservatives that are standing against it because they don't want to release tax dollars to be used by you to pay for your choice of school for your kids. Here's the bottom line. It's your money. It's not the government's money. It's your money. The taxes you pay, those dollars are yours. They're not Oklahoma City's. They're not Washington, D.C.'s. Those dollars are yours. And I believe that you should be released to use your money to pay for the school of your choice for your children. It's my understanding that John Cox stands against this. I know Rope does because I've talked to him. I've debated with them about this. To say that you're in favor of school choice and then deny you your money to pay for your choice for your kids is disingenuous at best. So Ryan Walters supports school choice, figuring out a way legislatively to craft language that protects your dollars. And the irony is right now we have a Supreme Court decision in the case of this uh, school in Maine where now the Supreme Court of the United States is telling you you have the right to use your tax dollars to pay for your kid to go to a religious school if that's what you want to do. But yet we have conservative organizations and conservative candidates that are saying, no, we don't want to do that. I support Ryan Walters because he stands on the school choice side of this debate as opposed to others that don't. Uh, I'll say it one more time as we close today's show. This is your child. This is your money. It's not the government's money. It's not the government's kid. This is yours. These things are yours. And you should be able to use your money to pay for your child to go to a school of your choice. Because if the schools won't teach the things that I told Ryan Walters needed to be taught, then you need to be able to send your kids someplace else. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.